The glory of Yah shall endure forever. Yah shall rejoice in his work. He looks on the earth and it trembles. He touches the hills and they smoke. I will sing unto Yah as long as I live. I will sing praise to my Elohim while I have my being. My meditation of him shall be sweet. I will be glad in Yah. Blessings, beloved. Shabbat shalom, shabbat shalom. Let us greet one another. Hallelujah. In the joy of Yah.
And Elohim spoke all these words, saying, I am Yahweh Elohim, who brought you out of the land of Mizraim, and out of the house of slavery. You do not have any of their mighty ones against my face. Now make for yourself a carved image, on your likeness of that, which in the heavens above, which in the earth beneath, which in the waters under the earth. You know, bow down to them, nor serve them. For I, Yahweh Elohim, am a jealous hell, visiting the crookedness of the fathers on the children, to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing love and commitment to thousands of those who love me and guard my commands. Now bring the name of Yahweh Elohim to not, for Yahweh does not leave the one unpunished who brings the name to not. Remember the Sabbath did a set apart. Six days you labor and shall do all your work, but the seventh day is Sabbath of Yahweh Elohim. You do not do any work. You, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor a male servant, nor a female servant, nor a cattle, nor a stranger who is within the gates. For in six days I made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all is in them. Invest the seventh day, therefore you are blessed, Sabbath and set apart. Respect your father and your mother, so a day is plunged upon the soil which Elohim is giving you. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal. Not bear false words against your neighbor, not cover neighbor's house, not cover neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, whatever belongs to your neighbors. Hallelujah. All right. Glory to the King. It's a privilege to be here on another Sabbath. It is a privilege. Hallelujah. Glory. Most high y'all, we respect you this morning with all honor and glory. You alone are worthy of all praise. We thank you for everything you've done for us throughout the annuals of time in history. We thank you for always being mindful of us by having a salvation tailored made for us. Yahshua the Hamashiach, you have always been in memory of us. You have never forgotten us. And we bless your magnificent name, Father. Father, we need you this morning by the power of the Holy Spirit to resonate truth and inward parts to help us to grasp the signs of the times that we're in. Speak to us your words of truth. I only pray that these sins will sink deep, deep, deep down in our hearts so that, Father, serious about our performance will come, that the world will see our light and the Gentiles will come to it and glorify and magnify your name. We thank you for all things. Holy Spirit, we invite you to minister to us in Yeshua's magnificent name. Hallelujah. You may be seated, Israel. You know, I was talking to my Isha this morning. My Isha's, because they get preached to all the time. And, um, you know, I've been talking a lot about 70 AD lately. And that's not what the message is going to be about, okay? But um, I actually thank the Father for Pete Rambo. And the reason being is because he's done helped stimulate my mind to go off into the histories in the book, even the more so, so I can properly tell y'all's people where we're at. You know, we can't depend on the system that has enslaved us and put us in the religious bondage as well as bondage in itself to tell us the truth. It's going to have to come from us. Hallelujah. And um, I spent a whole lot of time this week reading 
Josephus. I spent an extraordinary amount of time. Some people have different opinions about Josephus, but I pretty much figured out the reason why people are different in opinions. People different in opinions about Josephus about is how much they like apples and oranges. Well, let me draw some parallels here for a second. You remember when Jeremiah was prophesying to Judah and telling them, no, that, uh, look, look, listen, y'all need to submit to the Babylonians. Can you imagine that? You have your own country, and you're telling them to submit to a pagan foreign nation, and then you tell them that that's y'all's will for you to do it. How would you respond? Hmm? Now, see, this is the real issue. We as a people, we love bickering and arguing and fighting and having dissension and discord among ourselves. And and not only that, we love worshiping the Father our way. But he never asked us to worship him our way. He told us, this is the way you worship me. Do it my way. And we just assume that the Most High God is going to continue to keep tolerating our way. Well, as a result, we went through many captivities then, didn't you? To let us know that he ain't putting up with our way. And so, here we are with our self-righteous, sacrilegious self, thinking that because we are the chosen of Yah, the apple of his eye, that we can actually do what we want to do. And of course, the Most High will continue to send prophets our way and say, listen, uh-uh, you can't do it like that. You can't do it like, nope, nope, nope. So finally, he got to the prophet Isaiah. He says, let me tell y'all something, Israel. Don't you bring no more vain oblations in front of me. Your feast days are abhorrence to me. You lift up your hands, they're dirty. You unclean. I cannot with you just away with it. You know the reason why, right? Because rather than, and this is going to be along the lines that we're going to talk about today, rather than us actually being or having a godly sorrow for sin, we didn't. We knew what to do to go through the ceremonials and the formalities of repentance. So we made light of lawlessness and iniquity. And so what we would do is we would go out and sin willfully and we'd say no big deal. We'll just go sacrifice a bull or a turtle dove or hey, we'll go through the ceremony. Hey, we're good. And that was our outlook. And it didn't make us a set apart people. It made us a defiled people to the point that even when we come to the feast days, the Most High Yah didn't even want to entertain us anymore. Because we learned his behavior, the way that the nations relax and present themselves before their gods, we started doing the same thing with our Elohim. And as a result, the Most High Yah will bring in foreign entities to bring us into captivity. That was, you know, the foreign entities was his whooping post to whoop us and to beat us into, you know, after you in captivity so long and stuff, what do we always do in captivity? Well, we cry out, but sometimes it takes 40 years. 70 years, <laughs> we eventually get there. 
after the defiled generations die off and the cancerous ways of their mindset goes away, then we have a whole new generation that will come up and then up come the prophets and they will discover the Torah and the law and, and they will say, this is the reason why we're in the state we're in because we have not honored his word. And so they would find themselves in all these captivities and in their captivity they would repent. And in their repentance, Yah would hear them and then he would deliver them. Now the same Babylonians that put us in a captivity was the same Babylonians that helped us come and rebuild the temple. Amazing, huh? And we would do this bizarre behavior over and over and over and over again. So by the time, you know, Jeremiah was sitting up here trying to tell Israel, y'all need to submit to the Babylonians, then you, you know, we love false prophets. Y'all are saying, no, we don't. Yes, you do. We love false prophets because they tell us what we want to hear. They make you think that Yah's with you even though he ain't with you. And so Hannah and I turned around and beat up Jeremiah and stuff, and they threw him in prison and in dungeons and everything else, and nobody had nothing good to say about Jeremiah. Not in Israel. Nobody did. Well, as a result, nobody really truly has anything good to say about Josephus. Because, see, Josephus um, was up there in the Roman providence, and Josephus will often come back and tell Israel, look, this is what you need to do. The Romans are coming, and you need to submit to them. Because if you don't submit to them, this is what's going to happen. And, of course, he had an inside track because the prophets had already prophesied. The problem we have today is, is that the same people that put us in the captivity, we expect for them to give us prophetic truth. And so you got all these people out here that everybody thinks they have a monopoly on Yah when it can only be told by one of his own people. The truth is only going to come by his people, and that's it. They haven't been ordained to handle this word. That's why we're blind and we're running around all over the place with no direction whatsoever at all. We're in trouble. So then when you hear Obadiah starts prophesying of the Romans, the Greeks and the Romans, when you hear Daniel start talking about this system that was going to come and change times and seasons and commandments, which they've done. And then you see Isaiah speaking about, hey, Isaiah even had a prophecy which Josephus had already spoken about, that the Israelites during the siege was going to try to um, hold on to the last backs of garden for the temple. You know the reason why, right? Well, there's a prophecy. It always says, hurt not the oil and the wine. The garden was one of the last places that they wanted to guard to make sure that the oil never got hurt. Because remember, we was charged to burn the oil and the lamp day and night throughout our generations. And so they were very serious about that. As a matter of fact, teacher, go to Isaiah 5 real quick. And let's read a little bit and see about these prophecies. See, the prophets have been talking to us for a long time. It's just that it ain't been interpreted right. And so by the time we get to this point right here, we're hearing all these prophets and stuff, and then we hear the, the pagans trying to tell us what our prophets are saying. There's going to be a mishmash of hell. Your mind's going to be spaghetti. You ain't going to be able to know where you're coming or going. You ain't going to be able to see right. All right, Father, start at the first verse and read. Listen to this. Listen to this prophecy right here. Read on. Now will I sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved touching his vineyard. 
Touching his what? Vineyard. All right, read on. My well-beloved has a vineyard in a very fruitful hill, and he fenced it, and gathered out of the stones thereof, and planted it with the choicest vine, and built a tower in the midst of it, and also made a wine press therein. And he looked that it should bring forth grapes, and it brought forth wild grapes. And now... O inhabitants of Jerusalem. O inhabitants of who? Jerusalem. Read. And men of Judah. Judge, I pray you, betwixt me and my vineyard. What could have been done more to my vineyard that I have not done it? Wherefore, when I looked at it should bring forth grapes, brought it forth wild grapes? And now go to, I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. Y'all ready? Listen to what he says he's going to do to his vineyard. Come on. I will take away the hedge thereof, and it shall be eaten up, and break down the wall of, and it shall be trodden down. And hey, guess I, who did that? Titus did. Come on. And I will lay it waste. It shall not be pruned nor digged, but there shall come up briars and thorns. I will also command the clouds that they rain no rain upon it. For the vineyard of the master of hosts is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah his pleasant plant. And he looked for judgment, but behold, oppression. For righteousness, but behold a cry. Woe unto them that join house to house, that they lay field to field, till there be no place, that there may be placed alone in the midst of the earth. In mine ear, says the master of hosts, of a truth many houses shall be desolate, even great and fair without inhabitant. Yeah. Ten acres of vineyard shall yield one bath, and the seed of an oma shall yield an ephah. Woe unto them that rise up early in the morning, that they may follow strong drink, and continue until night till wine inflame them. And the hop and the vial, the tabret, the pipe, the wine are in their feast. But they regard not the work of Yah, neither consider the operation of his hands. Y'all hear what's going on? Y'all been talking to us for a long time. A long, long time. And so then when you get Daniel, you get Isaiah, you get Amos, you get Zephaniah, you get Zechariah, you get Obadiah, you get Hosea. All of them prophesying about these Greeks and the Romans that are coming, right? So then all of a sudden... <clears throat> the very system that gave us the religion of Christianity, which none of us accept. You understand what I mean? And change the Sabbath day from Saturday to Sunday. Are you following me? It's the same system that crucified the Messiah, but all of a sudden you have a monopoly on salvation and you tell everybody how they need to be saved. There's got to be a fool born every day, right? So then we'll go to the Apocrypha, which 
is taken out of our books, but the system that actually give us the religion of Christianity still have it in their books. But the dumb, ignorant Gentiles over here in America took it out of the 1611 King James Version, and then you realize that, hey, how are you going to make sense of it when you see the war of the Judah Maccabeans? Where the temple finally got restored again, and then the oil started flowing again. How are you going to make sense of it then? And then all of a sudden, here come the greatest prophet that ever lived, Yahshua. Go to Luke 21, 20. Same thing he says in Matthew 24, 15. He's turned around and he's prophesying. Watch this. Which has happened before, y'all need to listen to me, throughout our history. A foreign entity comes in, sacks and destroys the temple because we had no respect for y'all's ways. It's been done quite a few times, right? So now you hear the Christians and everybody else trying to punt this off into the future as if it's something that's going to happen at a later time when it's already done took place. Most people don't put too much emphasis on 70 AD. That's the reason why they can't put together where we at today and what we should be doing. Because when you have been fed a wrong way, how can you see the light of the word and it hadn't been given unto you? So the same way that they would reject all the prophets or anybody that spoke for y'all, they're still doing that today because they're presumptuous and arrogant and proud. Think they have a monopoly on y'all. You can't expect some old ruffian uh, old man like me, man, to, to come and tell you, you don't understand this because you ain't got letters. Y'all hear this, right? Y'all sure didn't have no letters either, but he said this, Luke 21, 20, read. And when you shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies. Well, I'm asking, is this sometime at a later time or when is it going to take place? When you shall see Jerusalem compassed about with armies, what's going to take place? Then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. Now, mind you, Daniel told us that they, when you see the abomination of desolation that stands in the holy place. Didn't that happen under Alexander the Greek? When they bought the pigs in and put it in on the temple and, and offer sacrifice and put slaughters in, inside the temple, that already took place. And now Yahshua is still talking about a desolation that's coming in. Read on. Then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let them which are in the midst of it depart out. And of course, some of them was arrogant, and of course, a lot of people don't know the history of what was taking place by the time 70 AD did come. So here we are, Israel, Judah, right? We're up here during the time of Passover, arguing and fighting and bickering with each other, you know, which sect or whatever people is right. And while we're arguing and fussing and fighting and bickering each other, the Romans are coming. And we can see the Romans coming, and we're still arguing and fighting and bickering until somebody finally said, hey, you know what? The Romans are coming. Then we decided all of a sudden to lay aside our differences and join together. How well you think it's going to work? When you hadn't been in harmony all this time. How well you think it's going to work? Well, we're going to stand and we're going to fight. So Josephus will come and say, listen, <laughs> y'all need to stop this. 
it ain't going to happen good. Did y'all know that Titus even tried to preserve the temple? He actually tried to preserve the temple to make sure that it couldn't get sacked because he wanted to keep it intact. He wanted to keep the gold on the doors, everything. All this is written down. And he tried his best, but while at the same time the siege was so great, you remember when the prophet says that you women not only going to be ravished, but you're going to eat your children. The siege was so great that they would end up eating their children because the Romans turned around and, and seized Jerusalem and built a five-mile wall in three days to make sure that they keep them intact during the siege. Y'all hearing this? And there was so many. Matter of fact, the death was so bad that many of them, after hearing some of the you know, orations of Josephus and stuff, some fled to the mountains and others, we're going to stay and fight because y'all's with us. We are y'all's chosen people. Well, y'all's trying to tell you something too. Because remember, how can you expect for these people to hear these prophecies when they rejected the Messiah? How can you expect for us to hear the prophets when we rejected Yah himself? This just seems to be our behavior. So Yahshua done told them about the destruction of Jerusalem. And it came. It happened. Anyway, to make a long story short, the Romans, so Titus had a couple of his people went in under, not under his command to go sack the temple and stuff, and they burned the thing and stuff, and so it got so bad that he couldn't salvage it anymore. So they, that's so, when you see the archetypes, you see them, they take the showbread, they take the lampstand, they, they, they start taking all the rest of the furniture, everything they could out of there because they went back and processed in Rome and paraded, you know, we sacked Jerusalem. And guess what? When Yahshua said, this temple right here, there's not going to be one stone left up on the other, on the other, Lord, boy, he tell the truth like that because the Romans, when they sacked the temple, they even pulled up the foundations to make sure that that temple is not erected no more. Now, they're thinking that they're doing this because it's in their mind to do it. But Yod already prophesied this. See, Titus could have tried to preserve it, but Yod already spoke it's going to be destroyed. And so some event or some circumstance is going to take place. It's going to happen because it's going to end up Yod's way. And as a result of 70 AD and thereafter, when so many people got killed and so many Israelites was even committing mass suicide, it became so, so bad, so much blood everywhere that the city was not inhabited anymore by Judah, but it's been inhabited by foreign entities. So remember when Messiah was here, Rome was in control of Jerusalem. The Romans were. And so here we are thinking, because remember our people, <clears throat> they didn't receive Messiah. And because they didn't receive Messiah, they kept on with their animal sacrifices. Not knowing the covenant, nor the signs of the time. They kept up with their so-called temple service until y'all said, your people don't get it, but I'm going to get it for you though. I'm going to make sure this temple ain't erected no more. And then all of a sudden, there comes the Apostle Paul. Peter, James, and John starts preaching to them, Yahshua. Starts preaching that y'all is no longer dwelling in a temple made with hands. 
He's tired of that mess. He's going to be dwelling in you. And you are the temple of Yah. And Yah is not concerned with a temple erected with man's hands. He's concerned, what kind of temple are you building for him now? Now the question is, are there abominations in this temple? Because in Yezekiel's day, there was abominations in the walls of the temple. So are there abominations inside of you today? Because y'all said, whoever destroys y'all's temple, he will destroy him. We better start taking this stuff serious, man. Because where are we at in history now? Well, we got these bastardized people that sit up there trying to convince the whole damn world that a third temple is going to be erected. And I said this 25 years ago. If they do erect the third temple, uh, let them erect it, but it ain't prophesied of nowhere in the scripture. Anybody can take the word out of context and make it fit and say whatever they want it to say. And that's exactly what they're doing. But you know what? You know the next, the next time this temple be built or the temple that these Gentiles or these wicked people are going to build, they're building waiting on the man of sin to come. That place is going to be built for the man of sin. And because they're convincing the whole world that, the, hey, the third temple is going to be built. They're going to restore animal sacrifices. Is that not a slap right in the ultimate sacrifice of the Messiah? And when this man of sin comes up on the scene, the Bible says he's going to be doing lying signs and wonders. He's going to deceive all the nations. The Jews are going to tell everybody this is the long-awaited Messiah. Because he's an emulator. He's going to be doing some of the same miracles. Wow. Stone speaking. Whew. And the world is going to be ripe for it. Y'all are saying, the few little remnant that I've got, I got a place prepared for them. It's going to be in the wilderness. Because the desolation of all this is going to be that bad. So, hey, I do. I rejoice in the wilderness experience. There's a place, according to Revelation 12, prepared for the woman in the wilderness. Except we have a lot of spiritual amnesia. How many of you still murmur today? No, don't tell me. You can't even go a week without murmuring. Maybe even two days. But yet you want to go to the wilderness. How many of you are full of complaining? Soon as something don't go your damn way, the first thing come out of your temple. Complaints. Neither murmur ye as they were destroyed of the destroyer. So while we're excited about being transformed or being carried into the wilderness, having a place prepared for us, are you prepared for the wilderness? Oh, I mind you that he delivered every Israelite out of Egypt. But with many of them, he was not well pleased. I'm asking you a question personally because the heart knows his own bitterness. Do you really truly believe that Yah is pleased with you? Let us remember the days of Noah. How that only eight souls were saved. Or the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. How that Abraham was making petition for the righteous inside of that wicked city. And the only people that was delivered was Lot. And his wife. And his children. 
And even after that, the woman still couldn't be delivered because her heart was so much in the city, so much in the defilement and the wickedness of Sodom and got so used to it and stuff that she went against the word of the angel, the Most High Yah, got out there in the wilderness, turned and looked back and turned into a pillar of salt. Pillar of salt signifies bitterness. Are you bitter about something today because it ain't going your way? No, all these questions, they better be answered. You better get your heart right before time comes. Because see, we're no longer in this time where all this stuff is going to be happening. It's already done happened. We're quickly hastening to the kingdom. But when you got all these false teachers and false prophets out here got you believing and thinking that all this stuff is to come, it ain't yet happening, all this, what you're going to do, you're going to relax. And then what does the prophecy say in that? Woe unto them that are at ease in Zion. That woe ain't to you though, right? This is serious business. So now all of a sudden, it definitely come to our heart and mind about, you know, people saying, well, you can't keep the feast days. What do they want us to go back to? To the land that y'all's already done made desolate. And what are they doing? Sending people to the altar tell dance so you can confess your sins of the Father, thereby slapping again the Messiah in the face, counting the sacrifice that he gave for us as an unholy thing. Showing that if you got to confess to some dead-ass altar that comes from a pagan by the name of Jeroboam, who didn't do nothing but went to the direct opposite of the feast of the Most High Yah and led and misled Israel astray, what the hell you think is going on today? This is serious business. They that lead thee cause thee to err. This is serious. So we're just in the moment, not really truly knowing what's going on. There's a whole lot more to it. And then all of a sudden, here comes Pastor Dow telling you, well, guess what? You got people telling you, all the Israelites are telling you, the Hebrews are telling you, the Christians are telling you, the Jews are telling you, the, the Messianics are telling you, the Hebrew roots are telling you, go up, go up, go up to Jerusalem, go to Jerusalem, go to Jerusalem. But what's there? Jerusalem is going to be trodden down to the Gentiles till the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Time of Gentiles is not fulfilled yet. And guess who's over there? Gentiles. And guess who the Romans are? Edom. Your brother. Uh-oh. Look at this. And so we're sitting here watching all of this right in front of our face and very eyes. And then the Most High Yah, in all of his wisdom, makes sure that he drives into our heart. You can keep the feast. And no matter wherever you go, no matter where I send you, keep the feast. So he shows us after the sacking of Jerusalem and stuff, and the people been scattered abroad, and then he raises up the apostle Saul, that we find out that here he is up in Italy keeping the feast. Here he is over Corinth keeping the feast. 
keeping days of atonement and everything else. And he tells you in 1 Corinthians 5, keep the feast. 1 Corinthians 11, he reminds you of the master's table. And people is trying to get you over to a place to where y'all at one time put his name, but now his name is inside of you. And people going to miss it because they don't have the Holy Spirit. That's the main thing right there. They don't have the Ruach. All they have is knowledge. But what does knowledge do? It puffs up, don't it? All they have is worldly wisdom. They don't have revelation. Have discernment. Any of this. So it's hard for them to piece and put this together. It ain't for you to put it together. You're supposed to be coming and grabbing our skirt of one that is a hoodie and say, we will follow you. But you think that's going to happen? That ain't going to happen. Too arrogant. Too prideful. That's what this generation is today. That's just a little short, quick synopsis. Just a quick rundown. Shooting from the hip. And I believe you, me, I got a whole lot more to say about it later on, all right? As Israelites, we are charged to be far from average. What the apostle said about those who will not inherit the kingdom. Can you clear this up a little bit? It kind of sounds a little muffled to me. What about y'all? Just a little muffled. There we go. We must increase our discernment and believe what we see from people. Many times we always have this hope a brother or a sister will get it. We need to just start looking at things for where it really truly is. How many times have we have endured people, being more than gracious to people, after the first and second and third or fourth or fifth or sixth or seventh or eighth or ninth or tenth or eleventh or twelfth, the thirteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth, sixteenth admonition, and they still don't get it? Something's gravely wrong. Because with the remnant, it don't take all that to get it. The remnant always cries out, chasing me, y'all, but please, not in your hot displeasure. There's a certain way that remnant receives the truth as opposed to those that are obstinate and vindictive and the contrary. That's what I'm saying. There's a chosen seed, and then there are those that are tares amongst the wheat. It really, truly don't take all that to come to the knowledge of the truth. It takes the sacrifice of dying out to self. Well, and for the most part, we hope that they do. The fact remains that there are those who are not actively dying out to the flesh. Their interest is not the kingdom of Yah. Their interest is their kingdom. And Satan know how to minister his kingdom to make you think that it's your kingdom. This mind do strange things. No wonder the book always says, and be not conformed to this world. But be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable in the perfect and holy will of Yah, which is your reasonable service. Reasonable 
service. That means after all that Yah's done for you, that's a, the least, the reasonable, the least thing you could do is just have your mind changed and have your mind conformed to the image of his dear son. That's the least you could do. It's mostly, if not all, about them, and they refuse to transform themselves. Look around, Israel. If you're honest, you can literally see those who are being transformed from walking in the flesh to the spirit, if you're honest. Because there's just some that's not putting no effort at all. They sit among us, spots they are on our feast of charity, sporting themselves while they feast with you. Look like us, dance like us, talk like us, but you know, remember the, the wheat always know the tares. We can't root you up until, hey, y'all already ordained that for the reapers. We can't kick them out, can't put them out. We just have to do it with them. But you do need to know who they are so that you don't get too close to them. Because the master told us that there's tares amongst the wheat, and guess what? There is tares amongst the wheat. He told us an enemy has done this, though. Let us go root them up. up. Can't do it. You can't do it. You can put the evil away from me, but hey, you just got to be, you know, you got to go through the stages. There's stuff to be manifested on this where they're going to manifest themselves. But as far as you just picking them out, no, you ain't, you ain't cut for this. You need to go. It's amazing how much endurance the tares have, too. Sometimes the tares, they shine greater than fruit. You don't never marvel how there's no grass seed in a barren ground, and yet you can doze it and till it, and the first thing come up is weeds. They're prolific, isn't they? Those of us who are genuinely filled, we know our desire to walk in obedience. But there are those who are spots and thorns among us. They just do not seem to get it. I don't care how many times you admonish. I don't care how many times you correct. I don't care how much you lead and guide. Say, look, brother, look, sister, this is the way. Walk this way. Yeah, okay. Huh? And that's it. Nothing else from there. The apostles had a lot to say about these kinds of people, and we need to believe their report. Jude. Coming from the Scriptures version, it says, But you, beloved ones, remember the words spoken before by the apostles, the emissaries of our master, Yahshua the Messiah. Remember what? Because they told you that there would be mockers. They told you there would be they did tell you that there will be mockers. Well, what the hell is a mocker? Somebody who is derider, a false teacher. That's what a mocker and a scoffer is. Somebody is trying to present to you a false way and to get to accept that as the right way. Remember what Yahshua said about their fruit, you should know them. Why are we such a bad judge on human fruit, but we're a good judge on natural fruit? Do you ever go to the produce department and, and pick the fruit that's got bruises on it? How about the one that's decomposing at the bottom of the thing? You don't ever go in there and say, look, hey, 
Look, look, what would you do if your wife came home and said, I went to the grocery store. Uh, what grocery store did you go to? Well, I went to the good one. What's the good one? I went to Kroger. You sure you didn't go to Walmart? Because that's what this fruit looked like. No, I went to, I'm, baby, if you went there, why have the grapes got to look like, look, look like fuzzy stuff on them? And why is the apples got all these bruises in it look like it's decomposing and, and the bananas, they're more brown than yellow. What is going on? Well, I went to the good place to get some fruit for you. But you want me to eat that fruit? Because you went and partaken of, you went and bought it, right? Nobody is going to go and purposely shop for bad fruit. But we do know bad fruit. We know bad fruit naturally, but we don't know bad fruit in the physical, spiritually. Because they told you that there will be mockers in the, what time is this? So after knowing all this history that we just went over here this morning, do you believe that we're in the last time? I mean, after all, we're just about 2,000 years removed from Messiah. I believe we're in the last time. Mm -hmm. And what's going on? Yahshua prophesied, even of this time, you shall hear wars and rumors of wars, but the end is not yet. He's always been talking to us. Who would walk according to their own wicked lusts. That's when division and discord comes in when someone's tried to usurp and push forth their agenda above a righteous agenda and trying to force people to accept it. See, you got a lustful, evil, wicked heart. And you try to sell your way to the righteous all the time. How many times we've seen environments around us just totally cancerous because somebody can't get it? Those of us on communities and homestead, we know this very well. Seem to always have trouble with a certain person or a certain family. Everybody else is at peace, living along and dying out to themselves, crucifying themselves, but these people just can't be at peace. Can't be a part of the program, can't get with the agenda. Cause chaos, discord, derision, division, dissension constantly. Well, these are the ones who cause divisions not having a what? Ain't that what a Jew just said? Just these are the ones who cause division, not having the you gotta ask yourself, do you cause division? No, for real, do you cause division? If you do, it's because you short or you don't have the spirit. But you beloved, building up yourselves on the most set apart faith, belief. Praying in the set apart of the Holy Spirit. Keeping yourselves in the what? Now, wait a minute. Is that not an effort put forth if you have to keep yourself in the love of Elohim? Do you think you automatically just keep yourself in Elohim just because you repented one time? 
None of the emissaries ever left us blind and desolate and knowing the truth. There's a spirit inside of us that lusts us to envy. Yes, it does. It fights for it. Yes, it does. To make sure there's no peace, no harmony, no contentment. There's a spirit inside of us that rages for this. But he's telling us, you keep yourselves in the love. That means you're putting forth a serious effort. Most of us, we don't even guard our heart. We open up the doors and just let it out. Open up the floodgates of it. What do you mean we open up our heart? Every time you open up your mouth. Like I said last night, it's the reason why y'all gave us two ears and one mouth. For you to do a hell of a lot more hearing than talking. Uh-oh. Oh, hallelujah. Keeping yourselves in the love of Elohim, looking for the compassion of our master, Yahshua, Messiah, unto everlasting life. And show compassion towards some who are doubting. We still do this, don't we? But others save with what? Snatching them out of the what? Fire, hating even a what? There's what? Now, you know, if we did that today, man, people would go and report us to the Gentiles. If we said and put your ass in a straight jacket and put you in a room and play scripture 24 hours a day and slid a plate up under the damn door and say, you ain't coming out of here until you speaking in tongues for two hours. They're snatching you out of the fire. All you get is a candlelight. And that's it. You ain't coming out of this room until you transform. Well, we want to hear Sabbath service. Good, let's slide open the door and put a, put a, a JBL box in there. You get to hear it that way. Who gonna volunteer for that? See, they're gonna resist you and fight hard. Sad to say, but some of you is gonna actually take that. You stoic, emotionless, twice dead, plucked up by the root, can't be moved. Isn't it amazing when the Ruach is moving, you never get moved? You never get touched? You can't even feel? Heart so hard and cold, you can't even drop a tear unless somebody step on your big toe. Holy Spirit could come in here moving, smitten the whole crowd, and you're still sitting there. What is really going on? These be they that are sensual and devilish and having not the spirit. Hating even a garment defiled by the flesh. So spirit versus flesh. Romans 8, 1 from the scriptures verse said, there is now, there is then now no condemnation to those who are in Messiah Yahshua, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For the Torah of the spirit of life in Messiah Yahshua has set me free from the Torah of sin. Hallelujah! Yes! 
and death. So what does this mean? Many laws and scriptures were added because of sin. So I've got to digress here for a second, okay? Because I've got to answer a couple of adversaries out there that, that, well, I don't know if they're really adversaries. They could be really looking, you know, for the truth. You know the answer, right? Example, fringes. That's thou, you know, I see on your videos, you ain't always wearing fringes. I got some on right now. Well, you're supposed to wear them all the time. No, I ain't. Uh-oh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a little bit ahead and then bring it on up here a little bit, okay? When the Most High Yah gave us the feast, huh? he gave that to us, right? Did he give us? He, because he invited us to those feasts. Is that right? Did the Most High Yah give us the commandments? He gave it to us, didn't he? Y'all hear that, right? He gave it to us. Y'all hear this, right? So watch this. When fringes came into beat, how did that come? It was added because someone decided to sin. I just said a key statement there. It was added because of sin. It was added because of sin. Also, it had a purpose for it. So now y'all got the cliff notes. Maybe y'all can understand it rather than sitting up here trying to figure it out as we go along. See, here's an example of the law added because of sin. Come on, teacher, get Bar McBar 15. Read it from the King James, okay? I want y'all to pay close attention, real good attention, all right? Because, see, today people will have you start doing a lot of things that the Most High Yah took out of the way and nailed it to the tree. But he didn't take the feast days and nail it to the tree. I'm saying a lot right now. Don't worry about it. We're going to bring you online. We're not going to leave you hanging now. Hallelujah. Read. And while the children of Israel were gathered in the wilderness, they found a man that gathered sticks upon the Sabbath day. So what was he doing on Sabbath day? Read on. And they that found him gathering sticks brought him unto Moses and Aaron. They brought him to Moses and Aaron, right, the high priest. Isn't that right? Why? What are we going to do? Hmm? We need to make some shirts say, my snitch game is on point. Or just say, snitch game. That way people look at you and say, well, we can't do nothing around him because he's going to tell it. <laughs> snitch game. Read. And unto all the congregation. And they put him in ward because it was not declared what should be done to in him. In other words, we're not just going to let you gallop around Israel. We're going to have to hold you here for a moment. Huh? See, so this jail thing ain't too bad, is it? Some of you, the, the biggest trouble you have because you're not stronger than your flesh, therefore you abuse yourself with over much liberty. You need to actually be put in dire straits so you can get to a place to where your flesh is not dominant over the spirit. 
until you can turn that curse spiritually and become a real true servant of Yah. Read. And Yahweh said unto Moses, the man shall be per surely put to death. So Yahweh's the one who said it, right? They ain't going to be put to death. Come on. All the congregation shall stone him with stones without the camp. But what if it's your son? You're going to find out if you're wicked or not, ain't you? You're going to find out if you love your son or you love Yah. Uh-oh. Some of you may be reluctant to go stone him because you was actually thinking about picking up sticks too. You just didn't do it. But you thought about it. You know, it's crazy. It's a real nice behavior. It's not a bizarre behavior. When you're righteous, man, you're so adamant about making sure that the law is done right. You're very meticulous. And anything that goes contrary to that, man, man, you like upset. Huh? But boy, if you lukewarm, well, we need to have grace. You just pray for him. Have a little bit of mercy. That's telling me who's sinning. That's telling me who don't relax y'all's ways. That's telling me who got the flesh in favor more than y'all. Uh-oh. There's two different attitudes, right? Read, teach. And all the congregation brought him without the camp and stoned him with stones, and he died, as Yah commanded Moses. And Yah spake unto Moses, saying, What did he say? Speak unto the children of Israel, and bid them that they make them fringes in the borders of their garments throughout their generations. And that they put all upon the fringe of the borders of a ribbon of blue. And it shall be unto you for a fringe that you may look upon it and remember all the commandments of Yah and do them. Now, do I need to wear this fringe today and look on it and remember the commandments? Because remember, he did say throughout your generations. Watch this. Read, teach. And it shall be up unto you for a fringe that you may look upon it and remember all the commandments of Yah and do them. And that you seek not after your own heart. What do you do? See, you can't even be honest. Don't sit there. You got all this talking you do through the week. It's time for you to acknowledge the truth. You ain't got nothing to say today, don't do you? Not a damn thing to say today. Mm. Mm. I'm telling you there's something wrong. There is something wrong. Read. And that you, not, that you seek not after your own heart and your own eyes after which you used to go a whore. You used to go a whore. And let's say some of us still doing it. When you go a whore, when you do your own will, when you seek out your own heart, your own mind. Uh-oh, read. That you may remember and do all my commandments, and be holy unto your Elohim. I am Yahweh your Elohim, 
which brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your Elohim. I am Yahweh, your Elohim. Now, getting this right? All right. So this is what was said then. But now we need to go to Jeremiah 31. Jeremiah 31, 31 from King James. We're going to come full circle on this now. Hmm? Read. Behold, the days come, says Yah. The days come, says Yah, that what? That I will make a new covenant. What kind of covenant? New covenant. What kind of covenant? New covenant. What kind of covenant? New covenant. With who? With the house of Israel. And the house of who? And with the house of Judah. Read on. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I Not took. according to the covenant they made with the fathers in the days which he brought them out of the land of Egypt. Although my covenant they broke. Even though I was a husband unto them, right? Read. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. So what is the covenant y'all going to make with the house of Israel? After those days. After those days. Says Yah. What is the y'all going to say? I will put my law in their inward part. Oh, you're going to put them on my garments or the board on my flesh. You're going to put a cord or a ribbon of blue. On. Now, wait a minute. See, there was a time he told us that you go ahead. Hey, you need to remember this. I want you to make fringes with a cord of blue. Put them on the board of your garments so you may remember my commandments and my laws to do them. Now I'm making a new covenant with you, with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. I'm going to put my laws in the inward part. So if they're on the inside, you guarantee not to forget them. <laughs> Ain't you guaranteed not to forget them then? Well, y'all made that a law. We need to wear fringe. He also made a law that you're gonna put it, he's gonna put his covenant on the inside of you too. Now we need proper application so we'll know what's really going on. So we'll know what Messiah really did. Because I don't see none of the apostles speaking against the feast. I don't see the apostle or Messiah ever coming abrogating the commandments or the law. They constantly remind us of that. Hell, if you go over to Acts chapter 20 when they accuse uh, Paul of actually being an Egyptian, he said, man, you speak Greek? Now, damn, they would have known the custom of the Hebrews if Paul was dressed in Hebrew garments because he would have had a fringe on with a cord of blue then, wouldn't he? But, man, you speaking Greek over here. Never mind. Never mind. But watch this. Read. I will put my law in their inward parts. He will put his law where? In their inward parts. And what else he going to do? And write it in their hearts. Write it where? In their hearts. Come on. And will be their Elohim. And they shall be my people. Wow. Now the covenant will be the same law written in our hearts in our inward parts. Fringes were to remind us to keep the law. And they still did not keep the law. You could go around and be fringed up. You could be dressed to specs. 
and you still couldn't keep the law because it was on the outside and not the inside. See, y'all tried this thing of you being able to get it just because he said. You know, he tried this thing of, of thinking, you know what, if I just tell my people this and stuff, you know, and I give them these commandments as they transgress and go, and it will remind them, then they will look to them, and yeah, they would. Oh, nope. But I tell you what, when this new covenant comes, when I put it on the inside, that Holy Spirit that knows my commandments is going to remind them. Yeah. Just when you think you want to go sin, all of a sudden that law comes up. That law comes up. Hold on. Hold on. See, over in the Torah, it ain't no big deal. You want to go sin, all you got to do is take your garment off. You can't hide when the law is written on the tables of your heart. Mm. Uh-oh. So our people had animal sacrifices and not fringes. Did we not have animal sacrifices sometime? Do we still sacrifice today? I mean, the law did command that we would sacrifice animals throughout our generations. Yes, it did. Why just single out one thing? The friends, why not single out animal sacrifices as well? We had laws for that. Do we not? And we had one law for fringes. Is that right? To remind them to keep the law, and they did not do it. So Hebrews 8, verse 7 through 11, come from the key James. Let's see what Paul had to say about this. You know, they called Paul the false prophet, just like they called Jesus, Josephus a false apostle, and just like the Jews today still deny and reject Jesus. Read. For if that first had been faultless, if that first had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. For finding fault with them. Now, wait a minute. He didn't find no fault with the covenant. He found fault with the people. Well, nothing wrong with the covenant. Y'all already told you, look, this is the Sabbath day, don't do no work. Do we need to do, do we need to explain every aspect of that? Brother, he already gave us the law. Listen, I'm going to rain down manna for six days. But on the sixth day, I want you to gather a double portion so that when you go out, so that you don't go out on the seventh day. But if you try to gather a double portion of the manna during the week, it's going to worm. It's going to stink. It's going to decay. So that law is clearly telling us, hey, man, we got a preparation day. Go ahead and gather a double portion and gather it up on the sixth day so on the seventh day you can rest according to the commandment. You know how we do today, right? Well, he didn't say nothing about sticks. Well, that stick got your ass put to death. See what I mean? That's where your heart comes in. Your will comes in. That was clear. If he wanted you to gather up a double portion of man on the sixth day, then he's telling you, get everything else in order because he wants his day to belong to him. And he wants you to rest according to the commandment. 
That's why Paul wrote later on in Hebrews, man, boy, if they will enter into my rest. What do you mean enter in? Man, it's hard. It's crazy when you've been so used to working that you, you, you even have to try to labor to rest. You literally got to try. Y'all remember when you first tried to keep the Sabbath? Come on, you dumbass Gentiles. You know what the hell I'm talking about? You said about listening to a message and you sit on your ass like this. What I do? What I do? I just sit here? I got to do something. Hey, just because I'm 33 years into this don't mean I'm far removed from the dumbness of Gentiles' mindset. I know what the heart of this wicked flesh be trying to do and justify itself while it's doing it. Oh, boy. Read, teach. For finding fault with them, he said. For finding fault with them, the people. He said, behold, the days come, says Yah. When I'll make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. Because they continued not in my covenant, and I regarded them not, says Yah. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says Yah. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts, and I will be to them an Elohim, and they shall be to me a people. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, No, Yah, for all shall know me. You know why? Because it's written in our hearts. I don't need no friends to remind me now. See, the friends was added because of sin. Uh-oh. For if that first card had been faultless, then there should be no place saw after the second. Is that right? Man, I already did all that. Isn't that amazing? So, let's ask ourselves a question. Do we still slaughter animals? Do we still have to wear fringes now since the law is now written on our minds? The law that was added. Is that right? The Ten Commandments was given to us. They were not added because of sin. They were added to show us how to be obedient to our Yah because we are his covenant people. And he gave it to us because he said, look at this great people. There's not another nation like this people so righteous among them who has all my law. Uh-oh. I chose these people to be a special people above all people that are on the face of the earth. My people are going to be ministers to the nations. That's how y'all talk. So the commandments wasn't added because of sin. It was added because he loved us. If you love me, then keep my commandments. 
clean and unclean foods, were they given to us? Yes or no? The dietary law was given to us. It wasn't added because of sin. It was given to us. He's the architect. Manufacturer suggested, says, don't eat no pig. Stay away from my pork chop, preacher. Leave that ham hog and bacon alone. <laughs> I don't give a damn what Geno Jennings say. It's unclean. Now, how can you can how in the world can you get somebody who is a confessing Gentile to understand the laws of Yah? Wormhead. Could you imagine what all the people smell like up in that assembly up there with all that salamander breath? <laughs> so the dietary law was given to us, right? Is that right? They were not added because of sin. The feast days are appointed times of the most high y'all. They were not added because of sin. They were added because y'all invited us. To his table. Hallelujah. So throughout your generations, the light of the lamp throughout our generation forever. That's why I'm talking about the oil earlier. Let's pay attention to this. In Shemot 27, 20. And you shall command the children of Israel that they bring the pure oil olive beaten for the light to cause the lamp to burn always. How long the lamp will be burning? How long is the lamp supposed to be burning? Always. Always. In the tabernacle of the congregation without the veil, which is before the testimony, Aaron and his sons shall order it from evening to what? From what? Evening to morning. Before Yahweh, there shall be a statue for? Shall be a statue for? It's something to prescribe for? It's supposed to be forever until their generations on the behalf of the children of Israel. That's a statue forever. Come on, teacher. Read this. Shemot, 29, 37 through 43. Everybody all right? We're on point to the message, though. We had to digress for a second. Watch this. Read. Seven days. Seven days. You shall make an atonement for the altar and sanctify it. And it shall be an altar most holy. Whatsoever touches the altar shall be holy. Now this is that which... You shall offer upon the altar two lambs of the first year day by day continually. The one lamb you shall offer in the morning, and the other lamb you shall offer at even. And with the one lamb a tenth deal of flour mingled with the fourth part of an hen of beaten oil. Of beaten oil? Beaten oil. Come on. And the fourth part of an hen of wine for a drink offering. Now remember, we had gardens over there next to the temple and stuff to make sure we had plenty of oil. Give me oil in my. I'm gonna ask you: Is the law oil in? Is it is it in that lamp or this lamp? Good 
See, first that which is natural, then this which was spirit. See, people want to stand a natural. Nobody don't ever want to come over to the spirit because you have to be born again to get this by the spirit. You see that? Read. And the other lamb you shall offer at even, and shall do thereto according to the meat offering of the morning, and according to the drink offering thereof. For a sweet savor, an offering made by fire unto Yah. This shall be a continual burnt offering throughout your generations at the door. Throughout your what? Throughout your generations. Throughout your what? Your generations. Throughout your what? Your generations. Come on. At the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before Yah, where I will meet you to speak there unto you. And there I will meet with the children of Israel, and the tabernacle shall be sanctified by my glory. Read Exodus 30, verse 8. All you got to do is just do the word search throughout your generation. And he goes, he go, wow, look how intelligent I am. It's all the scriptures lined up just like the pimp, 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 pimp. Come on. And when Aaron lights the lamps at even, he shall burn incense upon it, a perpetual incense before Yahweh throughout your generations. Throughout your what? Generations. If it's throughout your generation, ain't it forever? Long, long time, right? Come on. Let's go to Exodus 30, verse 17 through 21. They ain't got to leave the chapter. Read. And Yahweh spake unto Moses, saying, You shall also make a laver of brass, and his foot also of brass, to wash withal. And you shall put it between the tabernacle of the congregation and the altar. And you shall put water therein. For Aaron and his son shall wash their hands and their feet thereat. When they go into the tabernacle of the congregation, they shall wash with water that they die not. Or when they come near to the altar to minister, to burn offering made by fire unto Yah. So shall they wash their hands and their feet, that they die not. And it shall be a statue forever to them, even to him and to his seed throughout their generations. There's another one. Ceremonial law for throughout your generations. Are we still doing this today? Kind of hard to do it when you got no temple. Where's the brazen altar at? Where are we supposed to wash it? I mean, you got you got a court of the Gentiles, you have the outer court, you got the inner court, the brazen altars in between the tabernacle and the people. Why ain't we doing this today? Huh. Exodus 40, verse 12 through 15. Throughout your generations. See all these things we're supposed to be doing throughout our generations. And if we're not doing it, if we follow your logic and reasoning, then we're sinning willfully. And the book says, if you sin willfully, after you receive the knowledge of the truth, there remains no more sacrifices of sin. But there's a certain fiery indignation that is appointed by the adversary under judgment. So you are setting up this willfully sinning if you ain't doing this throughout your generations. Don't just give me, show me your friends, brother. 
I want, where's your oil at, brother? Where's your lampstand at, brother? Make sure it's burning bright. We're supposed to be doing it throughout our generations. You ain't got a brazen altar in your front yard. Ain't supposed to be in the front yard, brother. Got to be at the temple. You got to wash. And by the way, you, it don't pertain to you, right, because you ain't Aaron's sons. Oh. Read. And you shall bring Aaron and his sons into the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and wash them with water. And you shall put upon Aaron the holy garments and anoint him and sanctify him that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. And you shall bring his sons and clothe them with coats. And you shall anoint them as you did anoint their father, that they may minister unto me in the priest's office. For their anointing shall surely be an everlasting priesthood throughout their generations. Oh, throughout their generation. I mean, how many of y'all Levites? You don't know, do you? I guess you can't do it throughout your generations then, can you? Because some of y'all need to take a bath anyway. <laughs> oh, are you washed <clears throat> in the blood? Oh, never mind. So Numbers 18, 23, but the Levites shall do the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. They shall bear their iniquity. It shall be a statue forever throughout your generations that among the children of Israel, they have no inheritance. So Israel, there's a lot of Things no longer required since the Messiah died on the tree. That's the reason why animal sacrifices, we don't have to do it no more. Because he is the Lamb of Yah. Take away the sins of the world. And mind you, let me go back to the histories I was speaking earlier at the siege of Jerusalem in 70 AD. You see, if they wasn't busy sitting up there, see, Romans came, the Romans came right during the time of unleavened bread. And guess what our people was doing? If they were mindful, instead of bickering with each other and was watching and knowing that the Romans was coming, then they wouldn't have had to sacrifice all those animals and stuff they could have ate. But that's what happens when Satan gets you distracted, though. You two is busy trying to worry about which school or which faction is right, the school of Hell or Shemael. Who gives a shit? See what I'm talking about? Can't even see the enemy coming. Too busy bickering. And because we are bickering, murmuring, destroy it of the destroyer. In other words, we better stay focused and stop all this analysis crap. Little children bicker amongst themselves. We can understand that because they're children. We have entered into a new covenant because of his death. Now remember, the covenant is not even in effect until the death of the what? Testator. Once a death testator comes in, then the covenant comes into effect, right? And did he not write his laws in our heart? He made sure it was solidified, solidified when he gave us the baptism of the Holy Spirit. A new heart will I give unto you, and a new spirit. Did he not do it? He went from the natural over to the spiritual. Y'all removed a lot of things from us because they were added because of sin. 
Y'all get that? So animal sacrifice, sin. Fringes, sin. Y'all should have died and done away with all that sin. Come unto me, all you that are weary and are heavy laden, and I'll give you a rest. I'll give you a rest unto your soul. So you ain't got to sit up here and look to see if somebody wearing TC's tassels or fringes to remind you of the covenant because you have a ruach in you. Y'all's placed it inside of you. And if anything, what you're trying to do is make sure that all the people in your generation, throughout your generation, get filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because they that are led by the Spirit of Yah, these are the sons of Yah. Well, Pastor Dye, why are you wearing fringes and, and the cord of blue then? That's because it, it look good. And, and sometimes I got to wear it because ignorant people like you, you haven't got past the flesh, you can't go to the spirit. So I, you, this is the only way you can be ministered to. Because the majority of, let's just tell the truth, the majority of Israelites that wear fringes, the majority of them don't even believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the book says, walk not after the flesh so that you don't fulfill the lust thereof. Uh-oh. Teach you to walk after the spirit. Spirit versus flesh. So we go back over here again. There's now another no condemnation to those who are in Messiah, Yahshua, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For the Torah of the spirit of life in Messiah, Yahweh has set me free from the Torah of sin and death. So, wait, 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 wait. The law of the spirit of life in Messiah has set me free from the Torah of sin and death. He who knew no sin became sin. He became sin to overcome sin so that you don't have to sin. Now, we can't say that we ain't never sin. But if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ the righteous, and he is our perpetuation. Because if somebody say they ain't never sinned, then they deceive themselves. So no, we don't have no animal sacrifice, but we got the sacrifice. I don't have to worry about if it's going to be a bull or a turtle. I already got a lamb. <laughs> Hope some of y'all get this. See, some of y'all can't be spiritual. Right, some of you all have to wear this sometimes just so that you can at least feel like that you, you got something going on in there since you don't have a spirit. Touching the hem of this garment ain't going to do you a damn good if you ain't got the Holy Spirit. And beside that, the Holy Spirit is not predicated upon you. It's predicated on the ones who's wearing the garment. You remember when Jesus walked through the crowd? And that lady said, if I could just touch the hem of his God. He said that virtue went out of me. 
because Yahshua was wearing the garment and the garment was touching him, it ended up touching her. And today, because we're so anointed, if you ever want to be touched by Yah, you can even get the shadow to even heal you. If we're really anointed, you can even take the handkerchief and it will do you good. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, I see, we don't understand this kind of talk, do we? Uh-oh. But you still got to believe. Uh-oh. Hallelujah. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, y'all sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin he condemned sin in the flesh. He rebuked sin. He destroyed sin so that you do not have to sin. And to make sure that you don't go out and practice sin, he gave you his Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is not going to lead you into sin. Uh-oh. And if you sin, don't worry about it. You come to Jesus, I condemn that right now. My blood is sufficient for thee. That's how good he is. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh, they do what? Mind. They that are after the flesh, they do what? Mind. That's what they mind continue on always, all the time. It's consumed by it. They mind the things of the flesh. What mind? Let's read Galatians 5, verse 16 through 21. And let's see if we're walking after the flesh. Let's see where our minds are at. Man, y'all doing all right. We've been a long time, man. It's time to wrap this up. Y'all start all that, man. I feel like uh, Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair on WWE. <laughs> Come on, read, teach. I say then. What do you say? Walk in the Spirit. Walk as a command, right? This I say, walk in the Spirit. I'm giving you direction, what to do. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to meditate on it. All you got to do is just do this. I'm giving you direction. Walk in the Spirit. And what? And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Watch this. Come on. For the flesh lust is against the Spirit. Man, the flesh lusts against it. wars against the Spirit. He hates the Spirit. Come on. And the spirit against the flesh. And the flesh warring and fights against the spirit, against the flesh too. The spirit can't stand the flesh. The flesh can't stand the spirit. Come on. And these are contrary the one to the other. Y'all hear that? They're diametrically opposed to each other. Totally opposed to each other. Come on. So that you cannot do the things that you would. Now, you can only serve one master, but if you're serving the spirit, you can do the things of the spirit. But if you're serving the flesh, you do the things of the flesh, right? Because no man can serve two masters. Isn't that right? Come on. But if you be led of the spirit. If, if, 
knowing that there's going to be some hindrances in there. If you be led of the Spirit. Now notice, led. Led, right? Led. You know, if you have children, you say, come on, follow me. Come on, you follow me. How many times you, you child follow you, and then by the time you look back, because you're always watching, right? By the time you look back, he done turned around, went down the aisle or something, got distracted. There's a monster truck over there, or, or a Snickers bar, or a toy. Boy, boy, didn't I tell you to follow me? What happened to you? Don't you get distracted? Yeah, there's a pizza over there. Yeah, there's a crumble cookie over there. Huh? Didn't I tell you, follow up if you be led of the Spirit. You know you're being led of the Spirit when you go to a nice hot plate of turnip greens. Some nice... Nice roast with some hot water cornbread. That's being led of the spirit right there, boy. Whoa, man. But if you put a cheesecake between that spirit and you, then the flesh gonna take over. It's a takeover. <laughs> Reteach. But if you be led of the Spirit, if you be led of the Spirit, come on, you are not under the law. You're not under the law. A righteous man don't need a law. So I'm driving down the road going to Georgia this week, right? I'm talking to someone on the phone because she's a distraction. I see this cop coming this way. I look up. My radar's not beeping. Next thing you know, he passed me. I see the blue lights come on. Boop, 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 boop. I said, my radar didn't even go off, honey. I said, they got some stuff down here in Georgia that they, uh, man, what is going on? So I said, I'll let you go. You want me to stay on the phone? Nah, I'm good. You got to go. Let you go. He turns around. I knew he was coming. So I go over to the parking lot, turn in the parking lot. My radar didn't go off. He walks up to me. Uh, before he even said a word, I let the window down, hit my, my license. I put my hands out. I said, hey, officer, I've got a bunch of guns in here. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to sit them seeing that. Like, I had one right here, one right here, and another one right here. He followed me. He said, oh, that's fine. He's fine. He said, you know you was going 70 and 55. I said, you got me. You got me, man. I can't lie. Every bit of it. He said, can I see your license? Sure, here you go. He said, oh, you're a veteran. I said, yeah. Where were you at? 82nd Airborne Division. Oh, you're a paratrooper. Yeah, used to be. He said, oh, man, thank you for your service. Good. He said, I'm going to go back here and run this, and I'll be right back, all right? Went back out, run it. Came back a few minutes later. Hey, uh, <clears throat> I know you told me that you were distracted a little bit because you was, you know, on a hands-free phone device and everything. We appreciate that because that's the law in Georgia and stuff, but... Um, kind of pay attention to what you do, you know, 70 and 55, and you know what I mean? And just keep, keep, you know, foot out of your head a little bit. I said, hey, there ain't no problem. Thank you very much. Gave me back the license. He said, have a good day. I said, bye. <laughs> you know what happened, right? I ended up getting more with, more with, uh, <clears throat> 
honey than vinegar. So some of you soon as the police pull you over, you're combative. Just like a lot of you wives, when your husband come home, you're combative. Did I say something wrong? Uh-oh. Because I normally would, even if he didn't have the radar on, even though I've got a radar, I still watch. I'm a very defensive driver. Y'all need to go and look at YouTube and look at these, these people out here that get in accidents all the time because they're not paying attention. The reason why driving is so taxing on me, ask these truckers. They'll tell you, man, it's stressful driving. You in these big old rigs and stuff, you got to watch out for all these damn dumb dentists running around, zipping and zapping and stuff, and they're cutting you off, breaking in front of you, cutting, I mean, just doing everything they can. And you have to be constantly on pins and needles the whole time. That's stressful. That's why when I drive, man, I could go on an eight-hour drive and feel like I've been driving 24 hours. You know why? Because I got my Easter's and my son in there. To me, that's precious. I got to watch out for everybody. They'll always tell you, if I'm sitting at a red light or a light turn green, I do like this. I look. They cannot ask them. They, they can't even count how many times. That here I'm, we're driving and stuff, and I'm braking. Sometimes you got to come on a hard braking, right? You know these people behind you don't pay too much attention. How many times y'all see me brake hard, and then I end up over here on the side, and then this car is just about 6 to 12 inches from the car in front of you? I say, you see what I'm talking about? These assholes, I'm also watching out the rearview mirror, too. I'm watching everything. I think everything. I have precious cargo. Oh, yeah, I, I stay sober and vigilant because you never know your adversary, that deer may come across the road. I mean, damn, if it's going to hit the car, at least get the carcass. A deer hit my car, boy, with all the weapons I got, and you dying. You dying. I'm getting something. What weapon did you use, 300 C? Cross on 300 C. Bam! <laughs> Reteat. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. What are they? Adultery. Oh, man. So, but that's the flesh, right? So if you're in the flesh, you're going to commit adultery. That's the only reason why you would do it. Because you're fleshly. Come on. Whoredoms. Whoredoms. You're fleshly. Uncleanness. Uncleanness. You're fleshly. That's Let's why you don't like taking baths because you're fleshly. I'm just using that as an example, y'all. Come on. Lasciviousness. Uh, unbridled lust. Can't control it. Why? Because you're fleshly. It means everything to you. Come on. Idolatry. Ah, y'all better not be doing that, right? Huh? Don't some of y'all see that jewelry? Man, it ain't going to hurt just to wear a little bit of it. You damn idolater. Y'all took it from me because you don't know how to handle it. You got to wait till the kingdom come when you're in the spirit. He can give back to you. Well, I'm full of the Holy Spirit now. Yeah, so you can be fleshly. Why do you think he say that beauty is vain, but a woman in fear of y'all is greatly to be praised? Uh-oh. He's more interested in the fear of y'all than what you look on the outdoor. <laughs> 
You can have a beautiful woman and she can be a raging bull. Best place for us is the cage. Come on. Witchcraft. Hatred. See, you're in the flesh. Cause I mean, y'all been working on that this week. Hate. What do you mean working on it? You been doing it? There's something you hate. Why well, I hate it because I'm righteous bull. Come on. Variants. Different Emu divisions. Come on. Emulations. Emulations. Wrath. Wrath. Strife. Strife. Sedition. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Anybody been in the flesh this week? Keeping up strife. On the communities, in the home, on the homesteads. Hey, you're supposed to be walking in the spirit, but some of you still strifeful, though, ain't you? You're going to do it. You're not going to mortify the deeds of that flesh, though, are you? You're not going to kill that flesh, all do you? You topped off with it, soaked immersed in it. Don't tell me that you're full of the spirit and you're giving place to the flesh. The book teaches me that a double-minded person is unstable in all of their ways. You can't serve two masters. You're going to hurt. You're going to love one and despise the other. You're going to cleave to one and divorce yourself. But you can't serve both of them. You can't serve the spirit and the flesh. You got to get out of one of them in order for the other one to manifest. And you do it of your own conscience. Read. Seditions. Heresies. Envyings. Envies? Boy, that envy and jealousy, it's real, isn't it? That flesh ministers to that, don't it? Yeah, it do. Yes, it do. So I may have been walking in the spirit this week then. Ain't nobody raising their hand. Isn't that the same? And we all lay claim we feel of the Holy Spirit. Which one is it? Who you serving? Well, Pastor, I read it, but I'll never read it like that because y'all chose by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Come on. Murders. Murders? Come on. Drunkenness. How many of y'all have had hate for your brother or sister this week? You, you don't like them because they, they probably got something you want or something you wish you had. Hell, women get mad if, if, a, if another sister is wearing the same head covering she's wearing. So when they come up to you, you wearing the same head covering I am with that devious smile. In other words, what's he really saying? Take it off! You can't have both of us getting all the attention. I want the attention. Attention. All eyes on me. Oh, that ain't how we do it. Now we just talk about each other. Did you see her? She thought she looked so good. Can't nobody wear their head covering the way I wear it. The righteous Holy Spirit filled sister saying, What the hell is really going on? Who gives a damn? <laughs> I gotta feed my baby. 
But them ones in the flesh, it means everything to them. It's the whole world. And I'm going to communicate it, manifest it until the whole atmosphere change. I'm going to manipulate, be deceitful and devious and full of witchcraft. I'm going to keep sedition and variance going because I want my flesh to override the spirit. Well, no, I don't. Okay, so tell me how the community's at home have been going this week. Who want to volunteer for the first time that was strife this week? Who started it? Oh, nobody on top of them lock. So I'm here to tell me we've been living a whole week and we have had no strife. Jesus, you got to come. The harvest is ripe. Now I know somebody lying. But you know, hey, they all said it. Come, come on. Let's go outside and practice our rapture. See what I mean? The flesh is, is so undependable, it can't even tell on itself when it's doing it. But when you're the spirit, you love telling everybody what of the spirit. Read. Drunkenness, revelings. Drunkenness and revelings. Drunkenness and revelings. You know, if you can't control drinking, you should stop drinking. You should. You should put it down. We have plenty of grapefruit juice for you for Passover. See, the reason why you can't control drunkenness is because you're trying to drown out what you won't crucify. What you won't die out to. So if you figure you just drown it. Numb yourself. Create an alternate reality. Because as soon as you get finished coming off that drunken stupor and stuff, the problem's still going to be there. It has to be crucified. The flesh must die. And it must die a very grotesque and heinous death. And if you notice today, ain't too many people volunteering for death because it hurts. So does transformation. It hurts to walk in the spirit too. Don't the Bible say body exercise profit a little? It's got a little profit. But if you're going to get a profit, you got to go through pain and suffering. Anything that is worth it is worth going through the pain. Yeah, go through the pain. But see, when you die in the Messiah, no matter what that is, then afterwards you experience the peaceable fruit of righteousness. And then the peace that passes all understanding, it comes to you now. Then the joy of y'all is your strength. After you've overcome. See, the book of Revelation said that John saw the multitudes of the overcomers. And they were all worshiping Yah. But if you're in the flesh, you ain't worshiping Yah. You want to reserve and preserve that flesh. But if you're in the spirit, you're in the spirit, you're going to bring the sacrifice of praise. 
and it's going to be in the house of Yah. And that house is your temple, which is your body, which is of the Holy Spirit. Your flesh don't like it, but their spirit love it. And so therefore, their flesh is going to sacrifice at the rejoicing in the spirit. Come on, y'all know what I'm saying. You know some of your flesh, you didn't even want to get up. You want to give a PGA golf clap. You'll never be able to enter in preserving that wicked down flesh. Sometime, you got to go against the garment that is spotted by the flesh. You finished Galatians, yeah? Come on, read. And such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have told you in Hey, the, I've told you before as I told you in, in time past. Come on. That they which do such they things. They which do such things, what? Shall not inherit the shall kingdom of God. not inherit the kingdom of y'all. So if you, you keep on committing strife, seditions and heresies, emulations, environments. Come on, divisions, murderings. Adulterous, drunkenness. You ain't going into the kingdom. You can be saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit, be on fire for Jesus all you want. No flesh is going to glory in his presence. Flesh and blood shall not inherit the kingdom of Yah. They that after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that after the spirit the things of the spirit. You finish? Hey. So Romans 8, 5, for they that up the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that up the spirit of things of the spirit. Galatians 5, 22, 26. Man, we've been long. It's time to shut this down, man. It is. What do you say, bro? It's only been five minutes. Mm. It only be five minutes. Read. But the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit. But the fruit. But the fruit of the Spirit. Come on. Is love. Uh-oh, wait a minute. Have we had a lot of that going on this week? It sure would be nice if we had a lot of that going on this week. Uh-huh. Sure would be nice if we are partaker of that this week, wouldn't it? A whole lot of loving going on here. Love and what else? Joy. Joy. Joy bells keep ringing in my soul. I shall say, I said, I said, I'm going to go take off. We're going to take off. You hear that, Grant? Getting ready to take off, Grant. Sure, it would be nice to have a bunch of joy around all the time, wouldn't it? All the time, wouldn't it? It's better than having a bunch of damn flesh. See, in this fruit of the Spirit, it's good to soak and immerse yourself in that. Go swan dive in it. Backstroke. Float. 
Love, joy, and what else? Peace. Woo. Boy, how many people love to have an environment of peace? All the time. Hey, but peace only comes to those who are sown in peace. So if you want peace, you got to create the environment and not be dependent on somebody else to do it. Oh. Can't nobody give you peace if you've got the Prince of Peace. You got him, you got all the peace in the world you need. Mm. Hallelujah. And no matter what is going on around you, he's the only one that can give you peace in the midst of a storm. nice if we had a whole bunch of this going on, wouldn't it? Read on. Long suffering. Long suffering. That means you can be patient and kind and forbearance and stuff. Huh? Knowing that your brother will suffer the same afflictions that you are. Hallelujah. Come on. Gentleness. Goodness. Mm. Faith. Mm. Meekness. Mm. What kind of environment would this bring? What kind of home would this bring? If we were all determined to walk in the spirit. Even if you're tempted, determined to walk in the spirit. Come on. Temperance. Against such, there is no law. Again, what do you need law for when you're already righteous? Got some news for you. You've been declared righteous by the Messiah. Why try to do something that is already your nature? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The real question is, is what is your mind on? Romans 8, 6 said, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. For the mind of the flesh is death, but the mind of the spirit is life and peace. But because the mind of the flesh is enmity, meaning it is hostile against Yah. It hates Yah. <laughs> now, you know, we're not going to just go around and be adversaries with the Most High, right? But we'll be adversaries with the Most High in our brothers and sisters. We'll be adversaries against our husband and wives. We won't be adversarial towards the Most High himself because we know better than that. But y'all keep forgetting that this is an invisible Yah. Greater is he that is in you. You better be careful about how you are dealing with the Israelites. Because not only is he in the building, around the building, but he's inside of you. You better get the vision that a lot of times you think you're talking to your brother and sister, you're talking to Yah. Because that spirit that's in the flesh is hostile against Yah. It's adversarial against Yah. It's enmity against Yah. He has a hatred for Yah. Uh-oh. And those who are in the flesh are able to please Elohim. Well, you're not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of Elohim dwells in you, and if anyone does not have the spirit of Messiah, this is one is not his. And if the Messiah is in you, the body is truly what? But what is it dead to? It's dead to sin. If, it's, if you're dead to sin, that means you're alive unto Messiah then. 
And if you die to Messiah, he's not dying no more. So make a choice. But the spirit of life and account of righteousness and the spirit of him who raised Yahweh from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Messiah from the dead shall also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit dwelling in you. Peter. Second Peter chapter 2. I want y'all to read the whole entire chapter. Second Peter chapter 2. Read the whole entire chapter. Because there's something in there along about the 10th verse. Temptations. Meaning you experience an evil. That's a solicitation of discipline and provocation. Provocation. By implication, adversarial. So temptations are there to make you an adversary. It's there to provoke you to be an adversary. See? And most of all, those who walk after the flesh and the filthiness of lust, they despise authority. Y'all have godly authority in this ministry right here. What causes you to despise them unless there's something in you contrary? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. King James put they despise dominions. Bold the people are. They're headstrong, speaking evil of esteemed ones. I mean, the book even says that even though the angels are greater in power than might, man, hey, they said the Messiah rebuke you. James. Y'all read chapter 4, verses 1 through 12. Y'all going to read it? All right, I'm going to make sure nobody lying. See, when I ask you that question, you say, yes, sir, then I'm giving you an opportunity to lie. I'm also giving an opportunity to obey Yah. I mean, after all, you don't want to make the covenant. You don't want to say, yes, sir. He heard it. He's in you. Oh, okay. See, more personal now, isn't it? Spirit of Dopper Trees. Third John 3. Third John, first chapter 1, verses 9 and 10 teach. The spirit of Dopper Trees. Everybody doing all right? We good. You look pretty good, Rashawn. Every time I'm going to call you, right, I'm going to call Rashawn, phone ring. Phone ring. Next thing you know, I'm knee-deep in something else. Don't forget about calling Rashawn. I'm going to call Rashawn again. I'm getting ready to call, pick up the phone call. Phone ring. How often does my phone ring? <laughs> Father, he knows. Bless you. Y'all get this, right? Read. I wrote unto the assembly. He wrote unto who? The assembly. Read. But Diotrephus. The who? Diotrephus. What are Diotrephus like? Who loves to have the preeminence you among know, them. There, there was a lot of people. They, they, they like this preeminence. They like this first. They like to be a notice and recognize. They have notoriety and being in first, you know what I mean, authority and all this whole other stuff. Mm, come on. Receives us not. Then there's something. They want to do that, but they don't receive the ones that are in authority. That's hypocritical, isn't it? Come on. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds, which oh, he does. Oh, I'm going to remember his deeds when he comes. Because hmm? what does he do? Pratting against us with malicious words. Well, what kind of words? Malicious. Malicious words. Come on. And not content therewith. Neither does 
he himself received the brethren. Isn't that something? He wants to have the preeminence, want to have the authority, want to be all of this, but don't even receive those in authority, and neither does he even receive the brethren. Come on. And forbids them that would, and casts them out of the assembly. Mm. Acts 20, 26. Wherefore I take unto you the record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. For I am not shunned to declare unto you the counsel of Yah. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and unto the flock over which the Holy Spirit hath made you overseers. So feed the assembly of Yah which have, he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you not doing what? Sparing the flock. Also of your own self shall men arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. That's what Perez did, grievous wolf. Grievous wolf. Hmm? A lot of people do that. Eric Robinson, grievous wolf. Anytime you have people that don't want to come to the table, have a discussion. That's what men do. Wicked flee when no man pursue her. Righteous bold as a lion. Grievous wolves. I'm glad too because they're taking a lot of terrors, man. I should have probably sent them an offering. An offering, man. Also, of your own self, said men arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Therefore, watch and remember that about a space of three years, I cease not to warn everyone night and day. How do you warn them, though? Trying to warn it all the time, Israel. Yahshua warned us over and over again that there will be false prophets who will disguise themselves as harmless individuals who dress up in sheep clothing. In Matthew TIU 715, he says, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are what? Beware of false prophets who disguise as harmless sheep, but they are really vicious wolves. These are the type of people who appear innocent or even an Israelite. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth what? Evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth you can only bear what you are. I mean, even the goats in the wild know what plants do not eat, know what bears do not eat. Every tree that brings forth not good fruit, not bringing forth good fruit is hewn. Every tree that brings not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by there, you shall what? So you got to ask yourself, just ask yourself personally, do people see my fruit? And would they eat off this tree? See, a fruit tree is out in the open so everybody can be a partaker of it. It ain't hidden over here in the shallows and stuff. To, ain't that how some of you are? You want to present yourself like you're out in the open, but behind the scenes you're bad fruit. Uh-oh. I mean, they usually put fruit trees out in the soil of the sun and get a hold of it so that the birds can come lodge in it. So when it rains, it gets all the good nourishment and water. Isn't that right? Then when the fruit comes up on the tree and everybody looks at the tree, ooh, look at that. That's some good fruit right there. 
good fruit right there. Everybody be glad to eat off that tree. Is that you? When people see you, do they want to eat off that tree? Uh-oh. Fruit. Strong's literally means fruit. To discern. Work, act, deed, gather fruit, harvest, reap unto eternal life. Into a granularly place to be able to harvest it. Discourse of those who by their labors have fitted souls obtained to eternal life. Let me see. Are you actively working on your soul for eternal life? How many of y'all figured out that just because you're saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, you got work to do? Anybody ever figured that out? Now, but the key is, is this. Are you working out your salvation, wait a minute, with fear? Anytime you show out, this will be a terrifying moment. You know the reason why it should be a terrifying moment? Because you don't know if that's the day that their spirit is going to take salvation from you and going to take you further than what you want to go. Remember what the book says about a brother that's offended? It's hard to be warned in what? A barred city. See, it could take you far. Hallelujah. Glory to the King Israel. All right, 3 o'clock is going to be dinner time, all right? 3 o'clock we're going to have dinner, all right? God's good, ain't he? Hope you learned something off of this, right? Holy Spirit, do some convicting and bring forth some righteous fruit. Hallelujah. Let the words of my mouth, meditation of my heart, be acceptable in our sight. O Yahweh, my strength, my redeemer. It is missing the beautiful name of Yahshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ. Shabbat Shalom, Israel, the King is coming.